Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to this week's episode of That Scale RC Show, episode 91. I'm one of your hosts, Adam, alongside with Richard Rollins, aka Jay Kendall. And I'm only saying that because... I don't, I don't even know who that is. Richard Rawlings. You don't know who Richard Rawlings is. No, I don't pay attention to the world. Do you know who Gas... You know Gas Monkey Garage? Uh, I've seen, like, just stuff here and there, but I, it's, I'm not familiar with them. It's the picture that Dan Sutherland sent us earlier and said, this is what oh, like. That's okay. Richard Rawlings. You have, like, the oh, same gotcha. kind of, like... the the Like I said, you got the Hemi stripes going on in your beard, so it's kind of like the same gotcha. thing. Gotcha. So, but also, we don't have Travis with us, so this episode might go a little haywire, so just bear with us. But as promised, we finally got you guys another guest. So, without further ado, let's have our guest of the week introduce himself. Hey guys, I'm Wyatt. I'm with Weasel Motorsports. Uh, some of you guys may have seen me on Instagram building some of the raddest kind of RC trophy charts out there right now. Um, I specialize in most desert style fabrication for rc stuff like i just finished up a ultra four truck that some of you guys might have seen and currently working on a scale replica of nick eisenhower's terminator 2 6100 truck um if oh, wow. you yeah if you want to see most of that's on instagram right now uh i do have a facebook page kind of starting to post on there and a youtube um but yeah peep my instagram for anything that's super recent i where i mostly post awesome well yeah we've uh, been trying to hook up with you for a couple of weeks now glad we finally are able to get you on the show um kind of already gave you the quick rundown and we might be a little rusty ourselves because it's been a while since we've had a new guest but um we like to do these icebreaker questions to kind of like let the listeners get to know you a little bit more so I'm just going to start firing away and uh, feel free to answer them to the extent you want. Uh, the first question is, what was your first scale crawler? Oh, shucks. Um, a HPI FJ from Dan Sutherland. Uh, that was my first, I guess, kind of framed RC car. Uh he traded a few things, picked it up for me. That was probably, oh, three years ago, four years ago. And that was kind of like the start of the scale the scale passion. Nice. Um, so do you have, because this is the next question. The second question is, what would be your favorite scale crawler? Or I guess my other question is, do you have a favorite scale crawler? Um, I've actually been asked if I was going to build if i were to build a skill crawler uh and i probably would i don't have a favorite because it's not my style but if i had a platform to build off of it would probably be that i think it was the ssd like kit you can buy that had the, the trail 3d thing. printed yes it will have the 3d printed motor the fake fuel cell with you know the the tranny and the transfer case you know it's pretty scaled out that yeah probably, that was the ssd trail king yeah, that's if I were to like build something to that extent, it would have to be you know with that as my kind of platform. Nice. So next question is uh, your favorite place to go crawling, or I guess uh, in your case uh, to take out the RC cars. Um, I have a few spots. Um, one of them is the back of our uh, 
our off-road shop, our fabrication shop, we have big, long, open dirt roads that follow railroad tracks, which with my trucks that exceed, you know, 65 to 80 miles per hour, I can just let out and fly, and there's whoop sections and all sorts of stuff. Nice. Um, so then I guess, uh, do you have a favorite RC event? Um, you know, I finally started going like Axial Fest was my first super big event that I, I went to a little bit ago. And, uh, that's probably, that was pretty neat. I think the, my top would probably be Proline by the Fire, nice. which is this weekend. Are you going to be able to make that? Uh, I'm not sure. It might be a last minute. I head down Friday night, get a hotel, or drive down for one day Sunday. It's about a six and a half hour drive for me. So it all depends with work. Okay. Um, so then I guess next question is current number of RCs you own? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> uh, I got one, one, two, three, four, five. That doesn't count how many are running, and then I think I got two, two customer vehicles which don't count, but they're on the bench. Nice. Um, I guess unless you want to answer this one, uh, we can skip over this one. We typically ask, do you prefer comp or trail days? Um, and like I said, being that you're more like the desert style, it's up to you. Um, so I'll let you have the floor. Hey, I mean, I I took the the trophy truck up to Axia Fest totally maybe not or did pass tech and I trailed it and I will say that whoever says trophy trucks can't you know do rock crawling they've never done it because I, I hit some of them comp trails pretty hard and it held up so <laughs> nice and then um, the last but not least uh, do you have a favorite hobby shop um man Sadly, there isn't too many local hobby shops by me, um, and plus, not really, because all the parts that are on my trucks, I actually make myself, so I'm kind of my own hobby shop, I guess. Fair enough. Um, now, you keep referring to that you have an off-road shop, so like, do you come from a like one-to-one -one background? Is that what kind of got you into building all the custom... Um, you know, off-road, desert-style uh, trucks? So, this is, uh, we'll kind of get a little in-depth. might be a little long story. Um, my, it actually started through my father back, he's a, I guess an OG desert racer back in the 90s. He was the Class 7 Open champion for, like, you know, best in the desert. Uh, he raced Silver State, Vegas Torino. He was a three-time champion in a row for that. And, uh, he has a hood. If you ever go to Slash X Cafe in Barstow, his hood's there. Um, so there's a ton of history through that, and that's really what, you know, watching video VHS tapes, I don't know if kids even know what those are these days, <laughs> um, VHS tapes of him out, like, at the Urington 300, which I think is still raced, um, and that's really what inspired me, you know, the, to get into the desert side of things, and then five years ago, uh, when I started, you know, the Weasel Motorsports, I couldn't afford, because I was, oh, like, in middle school at the time, I couldn't afford, like, the Axial Sport Trophy Truck Kit, and uh, I go, well, I can't afford it, but I can, you know, make my own, and that's really 
truly how it all started. And then I realized I could build better than what companies were providing with. And then it just kind of, I figured it would last for a little bit. And then I moved back into one-to-one when I could afford it, but it got a little crazy. So nice. my day, my day job is I work on uh, pre-runners and off-road vehicles, but at night I work on RC cars. Yeah. So it sounds like you get plenty of, uh, you know, it, influence while you're at work and probably want to transfer it over to the scale world oh yeah it's you know trying to adapt techniques from the full-size world down below and also there's certain things that you know i've done on the smaller trucks which i've adapted to when i'm working on the full-size trucks um you know one thing which i won't get into too depth and about is like the suspension wise and full size how you know they have bypass shocks well you know i'm starting to work on a actual true one tenth scale and one seven scale bypass shock in RC. So it's just oh, adapting nice. and yeah, there's a there's one secret photo on my Instagram page. It's like the the fourth photo down, and you'll see like a just a mock up of the housing that uh, I've been working on. Sweet, I'm gonna probably go to that right now because I don't even know if I've noticed that. Yeah, I, I said if you if you spot it, it's a figment of your imagination because I had it on the truck and I wanted to. The truck was looking super cool, but I didn't feel like taking off the shock. And I go, well, I guess I could post because I mentioned it in the past that I was I was working on it and I was trying to work on it with a, a larger company to try to actually have it, you know, productionized. But sadly, this was when right before COVID hit, and that really killed it because you know they didn't want to. They couldn't really venture off into unknown territory after that so it kind of sat for a while and then uh recently i just finished up a ultra four buggy for a guy in arizona and uh i had some spare time to get back on it and just decided i can uh, make it all myself and i can print in metal but i'll probably end up going through like shapeways and stuff to have like the uh the final bodies printed but all the valves and all that i'll do myself Oh, nice. So you're saying you're 3D printing that out of metal? Yeah. So your 3D printer, you actually are able to, to 3D print metal? Yeah, so they came out with the update with, like, the hot end and the material. So it's not technic. I mean, it's kind of weird because, you know, the 3D printed metal filaments, some of the cheaper ones are partial metal, but they aren't. Um, it's very brittle for what I can print, I guess you could say, like, so for $46 each, I think it was to print those housings in stainless. Um, I'll go through Shapeways, have that done. And those are true. Uh, that one on the truck was a triple bypass, but I'm just trying to get a single bypass to work, and then I'll move on to triple. That's actually pretty cool because you're probably the first person that I, I think either one of us has ever talked to that actually has dealt with their own 3D printing metal because – I think right now the hottest thing in 3D printing is people that do uh, resin prints. Yeah, and honestly, I wish, like, I'll probably end up getting a resin printer here soon just because the quality and, you know, I can print, like, the the thing with that, how that shock body is you have those, those bypass tubes and that reservoir, which, you know, with a filament printer, it's really tough for it to print that thin of a wall. I mean, it did it on my Perusa. I have a Perusa Mark 3S that I use as my main printer and it I mean it did a flawless job on it but still you know 
resin is where it's at if you want high quality parts even with casting too you won't have any layer lines and all that um but i use like the mark three if like my most recent post from today i posted a photo showing the grill the 96 f-150 grill on the terminator 2 trophy mm -hmm. truck and uh yeah next will be the body and stuff that's awesome yeah very so well no that's cool um yeah, I mean, it's always nice. Um, you probably are our first and only guest so far that actually works with the one-to-one kind of like in their day job. I mean, almost everybody we talk to, you know, the RC is truly a hobby. It's, you know, it's, it's a way for them to kind of like get in and, you know, get out of whatever it else is that they do. But it almost seems like everybody we, we talk to, we all find that they have some sort of either interest in the one-to-one -one or... They come from the one-to-one -one background. So, um, I mean, I think that's pretty cool because I've said it numerous times. That's how I got into it. Um, I used to take my 94 out all the time. And at the time, that was my daily driver. And I couldn't afford to break it and then have it sit down and then have to try and fix it and hurry up and, you know, this, that, and the other. So I always had to be kind of careful. And then I got into the RC because, you know, you can roll it over, you can, you know, break a drive shaft, you can blow up the transmission and yeah, it's going to suck, but you can get repaired for a couple hundred bucks or less and be back out on the trail and not have to figure out how are you getting home? What are you going to use to drive for the rest of the week? What are you going to, you know? So, um, I guess my question is, uh, do you see based on like what you're doing, do you see any other areas in RC that could, potentially come from the one-to-one -one realm oh for sure i mean and i'm kind of at the same like spot that like you were at like i got a, a 96 f-150 i haven't posted yet i just built this dual spare tire cage you know the pre-runner style i'm doing a bumper on it tomorrow um and that's one of the things you know i build the rc cars uh, rc trucks are now because i mean one financially i mean that just impossible to do a full-size truck but i'd like to lead i'd like to go the rc truck isn't my to do and my only thing that it's going to be i'd love you know at the overall look of wheels of motorsports to head into the one-to-one -one realm i mean that's kind of i'm using the rc trucks as my my base and soon hopefully i can start pushing into like that's why i'm trying to take the page and i'm trying like i just started putting in more of my my daily work that i do and then mixing in with the rc car stuff so i can kind of start diversing my my uh my page rad um so i guess my next question is because it sounds like a lot of the interest that you're in and i don't know if you know who he is or if you've connected with him online and i forget what his last name is but his first name's elvis um what is his instagram i know he works he's always been a big big fan of the desert um scene i know and he's i think he's from nevada he used to come to all the events and he'd always have um are you talking about uh he just he has a he's into one-to-one -one now he's got a truck he's building yeah he, he was building his girlfriend's truck or something yeah. for a while i know there's a gent um who which we were super connected with during the time he's building rc stuff um i think it's elvis something um we're friends talked a bunch when he was he was selling a ton of baja ray parts and uh, he's moved fully into one-to-one -one now. He's, I think he got a Toyota that he's working on. Uh, 
yeah, that but yeah, I, the hard part is I don't know what he goes by. I forget what he goes by on. He's friends with um, Single Track Media. Um, God, what's I'm drawing a blank now. Yeah, because he goes okay. So he spells it. The E on Elvis is three. It's Elvis RC is what he goes by on Instagram. And yeah, he just he was it. His last post was actually back in June. It's been a while since he's posted. He said last minute trip to Vegas with the racing family. Thank you, Walton family and Tyler Thomas eight forty for the amazing opportunity to come help out. Yeah, he's always been into you know the whole desert scene and uh that's why like i forget because i thought he moved I, for, I thought he moved to california somewhere for something but i don't know if he's still here or not to be honest yeah i, I don't uh because he uh oh shucks he lives in reno nevada if i remember right yes um that's i know that's where he's from because we used to always see him at all the ckrc events back in the day um since they were like a lot of local events to him yeah, we've, uh, I mean, we haven't, like, fully connected. We've, you know, he's commented on my posts sometimes here and there because I'll, like, all people repost my trucks and stuff in, like, a, there's, like, a big, it's called, like, RC Desert Trophy Trucks or something, and it's one of the bigger groups, and he'll always comment on it. Um, seems like a nice dude. Uh, oh, yeah, no, he's super, super cool. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just interesting because I know for a fact he's another one that's, like I said, big time into the desert scene. So was just curious if uh, you guys ever connected. Because um, that's one thing I've always noticed, especially with um, RC. And I guess you could say in the scale realm, the desert has never really quite picked, like, you know, took off. Um, Axial had the, um, I'm drawing a blank now what, what that was called, the, um, Jay, I'm drawing a blank. What is what was the Axial's car? The the trophy truck. The score the trophy Yeti. truck. Yeti. Yeti yeah. score TT. Yeah, yeah, the Yeti. Um, yeah. So Which they can't get with, anymore. Exactly. It's been discontinued. Um, it was interesting because that came out, and that truck actually seemed to be almost a little more popular than the actual Yeti, and there really wasn't much different other than the fact that it came with the trophy truck style cage versus you know, whatever you want to call the other Yeti cage, the, you know, the more tubular, you know, approach. And it was interesting because that's when people kind of started trying to do like the Baja stuff. I think Jay, I think, didn't you guys help with that Brenthal build or was that, wasn't that you that did the Brenthal? Yeah, that was us. Yeah. And, and then, um, yeah. So yeah, there's <laughs> like, uh, it, it certainly there is a point i think like justin um i don't know if you guys know justin he was probably one of the top i'd say like you know trophy truck guys doing that stuff uh he's i think like back east or something he was it was uh oh, what was his youtube it was like psionic or something um oh yeah i remember him he built he, some really nice stuff too yeah and his was you know he did the I guess like the chassis plate and you had the, the bolt on tracks slash front bulkhead. And then you had a bolt on top cage and, uh, his stuff was, you know, I would say the cream of the crop during his time. I know he's kind of out of it. He's been out of it for a while now. Um, but after that, there was, it's kind of, it was kind of dead. And I came into it and I think I've kind of relit the fire in certain cases. Like, uh, I built, 
trucks. I think after I built the twin I-beam truck, you know, I've now I've started to see all these people building I-beam trucks, and uh, it's pretty neat. But I hope it it starts growing more now that we have like the UDR out and you know Brentfall, the the larger one seven scale stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so I was gonna say, have you ever? checked out any of metal concept rc stuff because they kind of also did like a resurgent of like like they came out years ago with that one piece axle that was i believe a replacement for the yeti yeah the the terminator 2 is sponsored by them oh okay yeah i've known i've known that will the company recently sold to a good buddy of mine who uh so a guy named Michael, who started the company, owned it for many years, sponsored Justin. Um, that's why Justin had all the medical concept parts. And then um, they kind of, they COVID kind of hurt them because they were having issues. I called Michael a few times and they couldn't get the ground stock that most of the parts were made out of. And then uh, just recently, uh, 949 Designs took it over and starting to bring back you know the stock so their axles axles aren't in stock right now those are the last to be made if i remember correctly a lot of the a-arms and stuff he's trying to get back out but like the the 96 no the 66 f100 that's a twin i-beam sponsored by proline racing it's also getting their it's called their hd tt 10 axle with a quarter inch it's got all the larger parts in it and it's the only axle i can run um i got to the point when i had the low c axle i was actually flexing the uh the mesh apart because the way that the axle is designed i was flexing the pinion from the pumpkin and it would start stripping out my pinions so i had to ditch that because my trucks are you know 16 pounds and uh tons of torque there's no clutch in them because they're heavy <laughs> oh wow um so I guess my other question is, so since you do, um, and this is going to be more for any of the, like, any other fabricators that, that listen, so do you dabble with strictly solid rod when you're building your cars, or do you uh, try to get any DOM tubing in there to lighten it up at all? Um, so I've, I've been, this is probably something that I'm going to start, I guess I should make a post about this soon because i've got a lot of questions recently now because like my other i'm a team builder for i don't know if you guys know scale metal supplies um they're mm -hmm. located out in la i'm one of their team builders and since he is now stocking like shucks he's got you know dom chromoly all this stuff you know everyone's like well you're gonna go with this and that and you know truly like the 66 is a really good example you know it's triangulated almost perfectly to how you know a one-to-one -one truck would be and it only it weighs maybe i think that the truck when i had it built it had no panels nothing it was just chassis running was like i think eight pounds ten pounds which is perfect i mean and i and weight is kind of in my case i like weight because i like tuning i go kind of crazy into suspension tuning and i really need the weight like with an ivy truck it's very biased to have the weight in the back because beams like to be a little booty heavy. So, you know, I try to stuff the battery packs back there. You know, I try to get everything I can. And so going with the solid, not only is it stronger, but uh, it gives me a little bit more weight. And I use the DOM, like um, the sway bar 
so this is like from the full size world, which not a lot of people do in the RC world. From the full size, we have, you know, a DOM tubing that runs through the chassis, and then we have two uh, like bronze bushings that hold the sway bar, um, the inner sway bar rod, which then is splined for the the links. Well, that's the same thing I do for the RC stuff. So that's like I'll use the DOM here and there, but uh, the only other thing I probably use it for is like uh, detachable nerf bars, since you know I'll destroy those during a season. But for main chassis, just because, you know, I, I posted a video of, like, my trophy truck taking a roll off the curb, you know, and it was nasty, but nothing, and that was only tacked together. But that just shows, you know, how the chassis was triangulated. Nothing bent, nothing broke. I drove it right after the crash, and that was a pretty gnarly crash. So, if it was, like, a road, like, if I did, like, a road chassis, which I've been tempted about, I'd probably move more towards the dom just because then i would care for lightness sake but for strength i just stick with solid okay yeah i was just curious because i know um and i'm sure you've seen them on um instagram uh there's uc fab and i know a lot of his higher end chassis he makes with dom just so that way it's lighter but then again he's building more like moon, uh, moon buggies and all that stuff yeah and you know i i, I might dabble into that I'm just kind of test it out but you know i'm like the terminator 2 chassis most of my trucks i try to keep around like the 45 50 mile per hour mark because anything more than that it's really just excessive um you know i have plenty of speed but you know the terminator 2 truck i really wanted to push the faster speeds you know 70 to 80 miles per hour and when you roll a truck at that speed there's no body left i mean and that chassis will be completely square after so i don't know i it's just something that's always worked and it's super strong if you build it right nice um yeah and it's funny you brought up uh, a scale metal supplies yeah we actually had andre on here i think right before axial fest um and he actually was the one who mentioned about getting you on the show so um that's kind of how all this started um but yeah no and, it, and that's also awesome i guess we'll just do like a quick little you know, sidestep over to that, you know, Andre's kind of filling this void, especially for, you know, the scale builders. Um, there's not too many people who offer, you know, one tenth scale fab parts to build things. Um, Carter fab machine back in the day used to have a ton of options. And then he kind of like just stopped. Um, I don't even, I mean, to be honest, I don't even know if he's still around doing the RC stuff. Um, I think I've seen a couple of his posts still float around, but I don't think he's selling parts. Um, there's, uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Then there's a BPC chassis out of Sacramento. Uh, they have a couple, you can get the fab sheets from them and they have like all the triangulated parts and the shock tab parts, you know, very similar to what Andre sells. But it's interesting to see the passion that somebody has. And it's actually quite funny. I got to kind of watch what I say on here because I guess he was listening to our last show and I was talking about doing a replica build of my 94 and how I was torn. Like I'm thinking about going with the SCX 10 three straight axles only because of the scale, you know, real, you know, the scale realism of having an offset pumpkin and all this, that, and the other. He already started trying to fab up a one-off leaf spring mount for those axles. Mainly yeah. because I just talked about it. So I, I think it's pretty cool um, when you have somebody no, that's, on, that's pa that passionate into it. Yeah, we. Uh, I met Andre at the very beginning when he started. And 
for a lot of the time, like for one thing, I'm the only other person, at least that I know of right now, that has that does the full center mount uniball front end, you know, a true trophy truck style front end with swing set steering and all that junk. And all those, you know, mounts, and I even build my own transmissions too. And all that stuff I was doing by hand, or I have a buddy that's got a, a small fiber laser that I would, you know, send out stuff to have him do. And then when we started linking up and he had offered, you know, uh, a spot on the team, I go, yeah, it'd be killer. Now that we, I mean, we're coming out with, you know, he he's also a one-to-one -one guy. So he's, he's dabbling into like the bumpers, you know, the foldable bumpers. Um, trailing arms, you know, we're coming out with a ton of new products, and then I do a lot of CAD work too, so that's why him and I got along really well, because, you know, he'd have stuff that he'd want to get done, and I'd draw it up for him, but no, it's, uh, if he, if he can, you know, build a solid ground, he can go anywhere he wants, because there's a ton of demand just for the tabs, I mean, I used to make, I'd spend hours sitting there cutting tabs and all that, but now it's like I can order it up or, you know, if anyone on here needs stuff and use my code, it's uh, Weasel10, you get 10% off all your order, so, you know, use it up, but if he can, uh, if he can really get a, a set in stone, you know, store, he could go places. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, how did I stumble? I stumbled across Andre back when I think he was under, like, it was something, it was Anarchy something. Well, he's got two pages. He's got, like, he's got Scale Mill Supplies, and he has his own, like, builder's page where he does a ton of work. Because he also does, like, bulk orders for people. Like, if you need, like, you know, the bumper, he does, oh, the prefab bumpers for... Uh, the frame rail vehicles. My knowledge in like the scale, like crawler stuff, is not that big because it's just like not what I do. So, but uh, he he's got another. I, I might try to find it. I don't remember what it was called, but he uh, I think he's tagged a couple times. Yeah, when I found him, he was uh, something like Anarchy something RC or Anarchy RC or something like that, and. Um, he just had started trying to like have like the one-off like not one-off but I mean like the production parts like the tabs the winch plates and all that stuff and then he rebranded all those parts or at least started when he was doing it in uh, in or under the name um, scale metal supplies and then from there on it's always just been scale metal supplies yeah it was uh, anarchy RC. Um, yeah, which was kind of like I'd say like his personal slash you know build page um, stuff, and I met him right then, and then he had started moving to scale metal supplies, um, which then the name got changed again because somehow his account got hacked and it got fully deleted. So um, if you were following him, make sure that, you know you guys go back and refollow him just in case because that did happen recently. Um, yeah yeah and that's also a kind of like a good thing just for anybody to know i mean i know i've done it with my with all my accounts my personal and my rc um especially with instagram it's so easy to just do that two-step verification process and then that way there's it's supposed to be kind of hack proof at that point i've really only noticed the people that have been hacked since that option came out has been anybody who never set it up so yeah and he didn't have that set up and i was like yeah. dude that's like I mean, man, that just sucks. But 
now now he's got it all good and ready. So I go, well, get back after it. I mean, I know he's he's committed a lot. I think he's he's now full time into you know scale metal supplies. I mean, that's that's a big commitment and a big step. So I hope it all pays off and works out for him. Yeah, same here. Um, and he's been a good friend and a good supporter of our show, that scale RC show. Um, so I guess another question I have for you um, is: Do you, when you fabricate all your chassis, is that all MIG welded or TIG welded or brazed? Uh, MIG and TIG both. Okay. Uh, there's certain parts because the the bulkhead pieces, which are all custom laser cut, you know, from Andre. I send all my stuff to him now. Uh, all the bulkheads I will TIG weld just because. Uh, it's a little nicer than MIG welding. I can get my heat penetration a lot better. But the most of the tube work, I'd say on my personal rigs, is all MIG welded. But uh, everything for customer chassis is TIG welded now. Nice. Yeah, no, I was always curious because that's one of those things I've always, I've always thought about getting into something else other than MIG welding. Um, that's why I always say I'm more of like a stick-it-together person. Don't go going through my builds with a fine-tooth comb. You'll find issues. Or, you know, things that don't look, you know, um, copacetic. So it's more just it sticks together and it gets the job done. Yeah, um, the one thing that, like, with TIG welding, it's a lot of undercut. You know, if, a lot of times when you see people with, like, the 316 rod and you see, you know, oh, they have that scale bead, you know, the, the closer you look at it, it's really a lot of undercut. I've experienced, I'm, and I'm still experimenting with it, but... You know, that's that's one thing I don't really like about it. I the one thing I did like with MIG welding, you know, is you you leave a little bit of gap for your filler rod to go and then that way you can get a lot of heat I and mean, you can get it real fast. You know, you can take that, that three second, you know, burst through each run and then you get, you know, a nice perfect heat, nice penetration and super strong. I mean and I've even proven, you know, I showed a guy, you know, one of my chassis that I just only tack welded and I went out and I rolled it and I showed him, you know, just because how it was triangulated, just it being tack welded, it was as strong as it being welded. Um, so it all just depends on, you know, how you're building and it all depends on your prep work too. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that was just, it was, that was one thing I was curious about because I, it's, I always find it interesting to talking with other people that do any kind of scale fabrication or fabrication with RCs in general, what they prefer. I know MIG t typically seems to be the most common due to the cost of getting into it because um, it's typically a little cheaper than getting a TIG set up. Um, and then even with the brazing, I know there's some people, like I've seen some, some of the videos that Andre posts and he just uses a standard you know, map gas and then, you know, silver solder and brazes it together. But I've watched other people that get really into the brazing and they go and buy like the jeweler's torch and they actually get it like fine point and get it all like, you know, like as an art form and then they braze their stuff together. So just always interesting yeah. to hear. And the nice part of like brazing, I guess, is you can make it look like it wasn't even welded. When it gets painted, it looks like it's all one piece. Um, even with TIG welding, you can too. Uh, and like Andre, like in my opinion, I don't think I would probably brace anything just because, uh, you know, you have to have everything clamped nice and tight and the, the setup is a little longer. Um, and yeah, I mean, I trust 
Meg and Tig. But for the cost relevance, I mean, Meg is the way to go if you're starting out because, you know, you can really learn your heat. Heat is number one thing to learn with, you know, Meg welding. And then you move on to Tig and all that. Yeah. Um, I guess my other question is, because since you're more of like the fabricator um, at heart, have you ever considered doing kind of like what BGR does and fabricate anything out of aluminum? So, yeah, I mean, like the fuel cells, the fake fuel cells are like aluminum. The front arms, because we, at our home shop, we have a full machine. You know, we have a couple lathes, one mill and stuff where I machine out the front kits for my trucks, which are all aluminum arms and all that. Um, but probably not just because it's not kind of like my style, I guess. I mean, I might just to like experiment, but it's not something that I would continuously do. And that's, plus I don't like taking away from what other people do. Like that's Bill, Bill's like thing. I mean, he is the master at that. I mean, he does some amazing work and I've been you know, very grateful to know him over these couple of years and, uh, trying to get him to build a trophy truck, but hasn't worked yet. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah no i was just curious because like you actually you know nailed it on the head he's the only one i've ever actually really seen do any kind of fabrication out of aluminum um there's not a, you know anybody else who does any kind of aluminum it's usually cnc machine like you got vanquish that'll cnc the whole axle out of a chunk of aluminum um that's not f fabricated so Bill's really the only one who does any fabrication. Uh, the one thing yeah. that I, I would actually kind of like to see from Bill is just if he would get – like I've been on his website a couple times because, you know, I want to see – like I know that he's released a couple bumpers and whatnot for some of the SCX 10.3s, and it's like none of his stuff online's updated yet. So it's like he's still like – I think the latest vehicle he has on there, I don't even think he has any element stuff on there. It's still like SCX 10.2. So, um, I'd like to see him get a little more updated with that, and he'd probably keep killing it in sales. Because I remember there was a time when, like, BGR was like that was the th that was the aftermarket choice everybody went with um, when it came to like wraith back cages, um, you know, the any of the bumpers for your various trail rigs, um, and yeah. So I'd love to see that kind of come back too, because I think it's it's really awesome to see a different approach you know oh yeah he's really sure. um highly sought after in the bomber world right now like guys with bombers really like his stuff he's got a couple builds that he's done uh one of them's for one of my friends up here he has a bgr bomber and the thing's just sick nice um yeah so i mean that's, and it's funny that everything seems to always kind of come back full circle around to the same thing. It's almost like anytime these little offshoot, you know, ideas come out for the RC realm, it's like it's interesting to see what takes off and then what kind of just always kind of stays stagnant at the same level. And it's like you, I've always noticed that it's like unanimously the trail trucks seem to be popular no matter like who gets into them because i don't know maybe that's because it's the most easiest to like get behind or you know like kind of like have interest in for like the one-to-one -one world um like your bombers all seem to always be like that person that like to go fast and, and race and the ratio of that to crawlers has always been small so it's kind of like interesting to see like because right now i know jay's got that moon buggy kind of 
um, build that he has. And it's always got me to want to build a moon buggy. Um, but there's just not a lot of people out there offering that. And I just don't know if that's because they're a, they don't know how to replicate it in the one tenth scale or B is it that they're just afraid there's not going to be that much interest. So it's not going to be something that they could really, you know, keep going. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, like with my trucks, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people who do, you know, try to build the, the trophy truck stuff. And a lot of time, you know, their proportions are a little off or this and that. And they always ask, you know, how do you replicate like this guy's truck without even being there? Or you live 12 hours away from him. And it's like, I, I take some pictures or I ask, like, I, you know, I know Nick, I've, he sends me photos of like how he did certain things. And then it's just, it's all about your eye. You just have to have that, like, that eye in order to build something like that, you know? Like, all these trucks, there's no drawings for them. There's no nothing. I start out with a, a wheelbase. Sometimes I might want to change, like, the length of the wheelbase if, like, the last truck, you know, was a little different. But uh, besides that, it's just, you just kind of have to have that, that proportionate eye. I don't know, it's like that golden scale or whatever. Yeah, no, I hear that because um, that's always been my kind of like pet peeve. That's why I was kind of happy that Andre came out with that Bend and Braze series for the bumpers because like I have a couple rigs where it's just so hard for me. Like I have the vision of what I want it to look like, but to get it to replicate in that scale is just hard because, you know, you're limited unless you have like a C or a plasma table where you can cut out your own parts, you really are limited to what you can use off the shelf. So it's like, I remember um, on my hard body JK build, um, I had to, I built a bumper, but it took me forever to, to finally get what I wanted across. And at the end, I'm still kind of like not a hundred percent satisfied with it. Cause I just don't think proportionally it looks right. Yeah. And that's like, I've started issues. I spent so much time at, my one-to-one -one work you know i i have a lot of people who you know hey can you build a bumper for me or can you do a backup cage like i know dan's been trying to get me well i'm actually waiting on him now so dan if you're hearing this you know give me your chassis but like dan's been trying to get me to build him some cages for his crawlers and it's mostly just i don't know just having that eye like i i don't have the fanciest tools like even when i built like the gen 4 which was the last year's truck you know i that was uh, ha I use a hacksaw to cut the tubing, and then, you know, I have a, a mandrel bender. Half the time I bend by hand because I can line it up with, you know, I just know the bend in my head so well I can get, you know, basically first try. And then I have, you know, a four-inch angle grinder, cutoff wheel, and just a ton of little fabrication tools. And that's basically it, you know. I just recently built a full jig table, but half the time I just had a – my workbench is a big metal plate, so I make a ton of marks, center line marks, and that's how I build the base, the base of the cage off of, and the rest is just scaling it up. And I mean, even being proportioned off of something, it's still fully square. So it's just time consuming, but it's you got to do it the right way. Nice. No, I hear that because uh, I call my some of my stuff amateur hour. Like, actually, I just revamped, and it was interesting. I still. I should just throw it out because I don't even know why I still have it, you know, sitting, you know, in my parts pile. But one of the one of the first, I guess, fully built rigs I ever did was for Michelle's dad, and um, he's always been a two-two guy. So I kind of built like this, 
too too truggy kind of thing and at, at the time you know i think i would like i said it was maybe my first or second full you know ground up build that i ever did and trying to get everything square was always the hard part and it was funny because like if you stare at that one long enough you'll see that the bends that i did in the chassis weren't 100 percent perfect so like this time around when i tried to do it um because the original one i built with a um scale shop chassis and this time because we were trying to make it axial fest legal um i did it out of a bpc chassis and the thing is he's running a wraith skid so the wraith skids wider but i wanted the chassis to kind of be more like the scx platform like more like a trail truck so i ended up bending it and this time what i ended up doing was i kind of measure or mimicked the bends both directions so i put it in the vice bent it one way then when i bent the other one i kind of held them side by side to see if they were to the same going in the opposite direction and then i was able to get it much more square but getting your stuff square when you go that you know far into it of building something you know from the ground up it does get challenging no yeah and like i think that's something you know in the last I'd say, you know, two years where I've kind of really upscaled my work. Um, that's something I strive is to have, you know, perfectly square triangulation. I do all the suspension geometry too. Um, and like that U4 chassis I built, which was just one of those, I scaled it off of, he sent me two axles, uh, trailing arms and some big old wheels with tires on it. And that's all I had to work off of. Um, that whole chassis was 100% square. All the tubes, everything. The four link was perfect. Um, I had an inset DOM tubing, which actually held uh, the the DOM tubing went to the link mount. So it's like the full size ones where they have the the DOM tubing with the bolt inside. And you know that's that's something I strive to do. Plus, when I started, you know, I guess gaining followers and growing my name and all that i really wanted you know every post that i post i want it to be the best that i can do because you know if i wasn't doing the best then you know i shouldn't be posting well that's a good kind of like quality or like a bar to set your stuff at you know um yeah very yeah jay do you have any uh, other input or questions no i've just been enjoying listening to all of this just because it's fascinating to me and i love pre-runners and desert trucks it's like my thing and so no i've just really enjoyed listening to all this yeah i figured you'd have a you'd have a kick out of this one because i know like a lot of the stuff your inspiration comes from is a lot of desert style builds yeah i i don't know there's time is just such a if I had more time, there'd be stuff like that that I would try and tackle. But in the meantime, I just I dig looking at what everybody else is doing and stuff because it's just super inspiring. So especially like your I beam stuff was rad. Like I mean that was just incredibly cool. So I love seeing that stuff. Yeah, just wait till you see what's coming out for it. There's it's a that first kit that I built was like. I had a short amount of time. I had deadlines I had to make, so I, I whipped it together really fast. And this whole new kit, it's uh, it's crazy. Like it's got its own custom spindles off of five axis mill. The beams are all machined. I mean, it is just it's nuts. So wow. Yeah, nice. it's it's a 
it's been something like I'm, I got another guy help me out on the kit and hopefully, you know, it will develop into something that I can produce because that's a lot, you know, I wanted, there's a, a, you know, now there's people building them and they build them on, you know, the crawlers and stuff, but I wanted a kit that I could smash like my trophy trucks, you know, IFS, you know, I didn't want something that like, oh, I could be careful with, you know, I, I wanted to have the same energy when I'm driving my normal trucks. I want to go out and smash what I'm smashing on the other stuff. And, you know, no one had really done something like that. And I said, well, nothing's impossible. So I just built it. So awesome. Sweet. Um, since I'm kind of running out of ideas, I'm going to actually bring up a product that I saw um, that's getting released for something. And then maybe if, you know, Wes wants to, you know, comment on it, we can kind of get his opinion on it. Um, cause I, I know it's not really a big set, uh, part of the desert scene, but I don't know, for some reason, crawlers, they seem to love it, but, um, there's talk about this SCX 24 portal axle upgrade. Um, and from everything I've seen, it appears to be a full bolt on kind of deal. It's not, you know, unlike the SCX, uh, 10 three, where it's an actual, you know, each the front axle and rear axle is designated to the portal design. This one almost looks like, um, and I believe the first ones coming out are going to be um, 3D printed. And then I think from there, I think there were talks that he wants to do. Um, he wants to do it out of aluminum, but it's actually pretty cool because I'm on his website. It's Old Time RC, and he gives you everything. You're getting brass gears. Um, they have all the bushings and the stub shafts and all that stuff and new hex pins and all that. And I think it's like, it's interesting because he's keeping it actually relatively cheap for what it is. It's a, it's a, like I said, it's a $50 upgrade. And I know the portal fans are going to go nuts with this. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm starting to dabble more in the four wheel drive scene because most of the trophy trucks nowadays are moving to four wheel drive and in RC it certainly will help with cornering and all sorts of stuff off the line. Um, and most, like, I think, oh, the uh, the Jimco built one-to-one trucks. No, who was it? One of the, Some of the newer trucks are actually on portals, which is oh, crazy to think. Mason is. is it the Mason? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the Mason one. And they're, they're moving to portals, and I go, man, portals on a trophy truck, that's just whole different game i mean i'm i'm old school i love you know the two-wheel drive just straight up you know get after it but you know four-wheel drive is certainly the the best of two worlds yeah they're i mean bryce is like a good example of that like that dude has just been on fire since he got the new truck yeah and it sucks. i mean he was he was great before but now it's like you know borderline unstoppable yeah i think what didn't he just win the the 400 yeah well i think mcmillan andy was like he passed him and all that but then he had a really bad wreck which was super sad to see oh um, i missed that yeah his truck's like completely toast <laughs> oh no he i mean i think uh fish oh who was it uh there's like there's one photo on andy's page that shows like the front end of the truck just completely smashed and gone 
But uh, Fish Fishgistics posted like a overhead photo, and he's like super far away from the the course, and his whole truck's just done. Oh, sad, dude. That's just so heartbreaking because there's so much work and money that goes into those things. Yeah, I guess you know the. I think the back half took most of the grunt, but uh, both the drivers were, you know, they got out of the truck and all that. But I mean, most most of the times with a chassis like that, uh, like the cab portions are pretty much salvageable, but all the rest is kind of like start over. God, that sucks. I need to look that up right now, actually. Yeah, if you go to like fish, uh, fishgistics page and go scroll down, I think it's like twelve posts or something. You'll see a a video of the uh, overhead shot of like just his truck. I mean, the fiberglass is all done on it. Oh boy! I think Andy posted Andy posted a one picture of like the front of the truck. I mean, it's still got the Nerf bar on it and all that, but I'm sure it's pretty neat. Just because oh the speeds that God. they're pushing now, it's just. Damn. That is terrible. Wow. Yeah, you can see the video that Fish posted. Like, it looks like I think it's Andy or either him or his navigator just like slowly walking in a circle around the truck. And it's like, I swear you can feel exactly what he's feeling just by watching it. Well, there's a, oh, there's a, a quarter shame. million dollars right there done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh, that's sad. What do you think about Class 11? I want to get your thoughts on that. The buggy class and all that? Or yeah, the Volkswagen Bugs. That's, that's just rough. I, I don't know how they do it. I, I <laughs> that could not. seems like it would be so punishing. I had a guy that, you know, wanted to pay me to build him a class 11 bug in one ten scale. And I go, I, I can't do it in full size. I don't know if I can do it in scale. It just seems, <laughs> that's just rough. And those guys, like, they're, they'll do the whole course. I mean, that's just gruesome. I don't know. You would be so sore and just beat to hell. After like, I'm, I love desert so racing. Bad. And even, like... Even if I couldn't afford a truck, I would not devote money into that because it's just, that's a lot of just grunt pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the one race that I saw that looked really fun for him was at King of the Hammers because it was almost just basically short course for the most part. You know, they weren't really out in the desert a whole lot. And it looked like such a kick in the ass. I mean, that would be so much fun to race, but then... You know, like really long, like point to point racing and stuff. No, forget it. Like, I mean, that's just asking to just either destroy your body or break somewhere really remotely and just spend a lot of time waiting for help. So, yeah, and it's like with with those things too. And I don't know with the more recent scenes, like when they actually get to go off the line. But like, if you have to go off after like you know the the trophy trucks and the class seven trucks. Now you're you're not working with like you know a slightly fresh course. You're working with a course that's got super big ruts, four foot whoops from those you know forty inch tires. I mean the course is just destroyed, and then you know that's a whole nother ballpark on those things. So yeah, no thank you. I'm happy with mine. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd rather take that. my my ninety six 
F-150 with like a leveling kit over one of those through there because that's just no thank you yeah I could see that <laughs> definitely no, I just they're they're just like for the most part they're almost like funny to watch. So it's just something I get a kick out of. I think they're pretty cool. I mean, hey, all respect to those guys because I mean they're they're the true OGs. But that's just yeah, not my cup of <laughs> not my cup of tea. Yeah, no, that's it takes kind of a sick weirdo to put yourself through something like that. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Oh man. Oh, I slept almost all day today. I took the day off and just like tried to catch up on sleep after this last weekend. Like I've been going pretty hard since Thursday, getting some last minute stuff done for by the fire and everything. And like, obviously that operation 11 Charlie body for Javier was really important. So like this entire, like last four days has been like work, sleep for two or three hours when I feel like I can't keep my eyes open anymore than jump back into work and so today i'm like just kind of recuperating and everything because now my next project is getting some stickers done for uh crawl for a cure so get those finished and out to mark yeah well i haven't told you jay but the first within less than the first five minutes of this work week I severely sprained my ankle, so I have not been at work since Monday morning. Oh no! Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's all—it's totally my fault. I mean, I don't even know if I want to embarrass myself on this podcast. I—I mean, I've already told a couple people the story, but do it, man! I do it every day. Do it. So basically, so basically uh, the remodel we're working on—you uh, know—it's a gated property, so you know you have to enter the code to get in. Well, for some reason, this gated property the code is backwards from what it kind of like traditionally is normally it's you hit pound then the code this one you have to hit the code then pound well it always throws everybody for a loop just because it's not normal so we, we get to the job monday morning and i'm talking with my boss and he goes and he goes to enter the code to get in and he goes and all of a sudden i hear him go damn it and i go what and he goes i entered it wrong and i hate when it when that happens because when you enter it wrong it locks you out of the system for five minutes so we're kind of sitting there he's uh he's getting some material out of his van i'm kind of like pacing back and forth because the more you keep messing with the keypad it just prolongs it so you just got to kind of like walk away and let it sit well next thing you know i know that we got painters showing up we got the finished cabinet guys showing up i'm just like we need to get in there we need to get to work you know like this is ridiculous so um i thought i'd be the hero and hopped over the uh, gate to go hit the manual override and the way i landed i must have just i i thought i just came straight down and it was like fine i guess i must have slightly rolled my ankle when i did it because all of a sudden like i've never felt this kind of like pain before like I couldn't walk like every step you took and it was my right foot. So every step you took and almost like I was going to fall to the ground. And I was like, what the hell? Like I was like, I'm, you know, I didn't know what it was at first. So I just was like, you know what? I don't want to look like an idiot. I'm going to walk it off, you know, trying to be typical. And, uh, so I hit the override switch gates open. Everybody starts pulling up and all of a sudden the painter guy looks at me and goes, dude, I saw everything. Are you okay? And I'm like, you saw that? And he goes, yeah, dude. He goes, you landed hella awkward. And I was like, 
I was like, I didn't even think I landed that awkward. I thought it was kind of like normal. He goes, no, dude. He goes, I'm surprised. You, you, he goes, you, did you break your ankle? And I'm like, I don't think so. And he's like, dude, you better, you better go get it, you know, looked at. And then all of a sudden my boss comes out of the van and he's looking at me and goes, dude, what did you do? And I explained the same story I just said to him. And he kind of like laughed for a second, but then he was like, dude, go home and ice it. And I was like, you know, I was just, I just let out a big F, you know, I was like, man, I was pissed. I was like, he was like, dude, I'm telling you right now, go home and I sit. Cause if you don't go home and I sit and you try to work through this and you really screwed something up, you're going to be out a lot longer. And I was like, Oh yeah. So I was like, all right. So I you know, reluctantly went home and of course, then I get home and I'm like laying there with the ice and then, you know, Michelle's giving me the whole make sure it's you know what if it's broken you know you might need to go get x-rays you know because you know because if it's broken you might need to find out in case like they need to put you in a cast or something and all of a sudden i got everything going through my head great now i'm gonna be out of work for weeks and i got you know and i'm just like starting to have like the whole panic is setting in and i finally caved went down to kaiser got x-rays they said there was no broken bones or fractures so that was good they were just like we're gonna label it a class one sprain which even for the pain i was in with the class one you know, and I like to think I have a pretty high tolerance for pain. I was like, I don't want to know what a class two or three is. Dude, a good sprain hurts worse than breaking bones. So like it's, it's no joke. Like no wonder you're, no wonder it hurts as bad as it does. Like that's, that's pretty typical. So they just said, you know, ibuprofen, you know, every six hours ice and keep it elevated and they sent me home with some crutches and a little brace to kind of keep it stable when you're like hopping around. So that's been my life since uh, Monday. Like I was just, it's one of those things you know, I've been pissed. Like every day I keep telling myself, like I was telling my boss, I said, Oh yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry. I'll be back tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, huh? And I'm like, I'm like, and then like I wake up in the morning, you know, go to hop out of bed and you're just like, Oh yeah, no, I can't even put weight on it. You're like not happening. And then, you know, so now I'm just like, fuck, you know, I want to get back to work so bad. I'm just not a sit around person. So, it, so it, that's what's driving yep. me up the wall. So, but yeah, so I can kind of relate. It's like, I, I haven't been resting, but it's like, I've been sitting around a lot and it's like, you know, and then of course I got like, you know, Elio said it, Todd said it, well, why don't you go wrench on some of the RC cars? I said, well, here's the problem. Some of those cars, you know, I am waiting for some parts. The other thing is I do have some fabrication to do. Well, the problem is I can't I, – I usually typically am standing there when I'm welding at the table because then you can bend down. You can do whatever you need to do. Well, if I'm using crutches as kind of like a, uh, you know, support system to kind of make sure I'm standing where I need to be, I don't know how I'm going to weld, you know, pinching crutches under my arm. And I say it's going to end up being like crap and I'm going to be pissed off at myself. So I just said, ah. Not getting any of that done. You're a hardworking guy. You deserve some downtime. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe find a video game you like and just have fun. Yeah, but I'm just trying to, like, today was actually, though, the first day I woke up, and it wasn't like yesterday. It woke me up out of sleep throbbing. Like, I was still kind of like, I still kind of feel the swelling in there. So I was just kind of like, ugh. And then today actually was like, you know, it feels pretty good, but I still couldn't really walk on it. So I was like... You know, and everyone keeps warning me, dude, don't try and walk on it before it's ready or you're going to keep, you just keep going in circles. Yeah. So I'm just like, dude, this is like horrible. 
it goes to show you i've never done like i've never really broken anything and or sprained anything like this before so it's like it's all new territory for me dude shit's not fun not at all <laughs> so but yeah so that's so that's about it yeah i worked i'm sorry to hear that well, see, I wish I was working all week. That's the thing that drives me nuts. But it's still funny, though. I still get the phone calls from all the other guys, like today. Yeah. Hey, uh, that cabinet up in the closet, you know, there's two There's two electrical outlets up there. What are we doing with those? And I got to, like, walk them through it all. And the hard part is I'm not there, so I can't physically walk them through it. So I'm just, like, hoping they understand what the hell's going on. Yeah, so, no, I I get that. That's, I, there's a I struggle within yeah, I just don't want to have to show up later and go, oh, you guys totally botched all this. So, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I may force myself to go tomorrow, and that just might be the end of it, and just say, hey, I'm going to go. I'm not going to be obviously climbing up and down ladders or whatever, but I'll be present. I might try and make myself present on the job site, so that way at least I know shit's getting done, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, and you can answer their questions and stuff. But yeah, so that's about it. Um, I mean, I know, yeah, I know it's a uh, kind of sounded like a short episode, but uh, was there anything else we wanted to cover? Um, no, it's as far as like releases and stuff go, it's kind of quiet. Um, everybody knows Proline by the Fire is coming up this weekend, and then the next big one after that's Crawl for a Cure. So, mm-hmm. um. I don't know. There, there's not a whole lot to go over, really. I mean, this week. Thankfully, we had a guest because otherwise, it would have been a really quiet episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just I think we're hitting. I think we're hitting that point in the RC because you know the holidays are coming up. I, I'm. I'll. I'll take you know a guess now that we're gonna start seeing a couple more like cool releases in the next like you know, a couple months because you know, they want to get this stuff out. So it's ready by Christmas and stuff. So, you know, people start buying it. Um, that's just my guess. I could be totally wrong and nothing could be coming out, but no, you're right. We're trying to time some stuff for Christmas too. So (laughs) I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people doing that. So, yeah. So I guess everyone else is just going to be like us, hang in there and we'll, uh, we'll get through the slow stuff and then there'll be a lot of, uh, you know, hopefully cool products to talk about in the coming months. Yeah, exactly. And then we also dropped the ball. We didn't put up our questions like we normally do. So, yeah, like I said. That's okay, though, because this is kind of like breaking things up, you know, because, like, you start feeling like it's routine and stuff, and we just go through all the questions and everything. Like, this is actually kind of nice just to have, like, a different episode for a change. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. But I just feel bad because if there's anybody that wanted to ask, you know, Wes a question. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. We could have we could have got it on there. But, you know, this is what happens when our fearless leader doesn't get off work, you know, and uh, we kind of let things slip through the cracks. So, hey, I can always come yeah, back. Poor guy. Just send me a message. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We could do that. We could do a, a part two. Yep. I, uh, I almost forgot about it. You know, I was... I work today working on a single turbo full tube chassis uh, pre-runner and then it was like 5:40 by the time I was walking out of the shop going, "Oh crap, I got a podcast tonight." <laughs> <laughs>
And I sent, well, the, I, didn't, I didn't hear anything, and I texted Travis through, you know, Facebook Messenger, and I was like, uh, are we still, you know, doing stuff tonight? And he goes, oh, yeah, don't worry. And I go, oh, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're just a little slow. Yeah, no worries. Any questions, you know, whatever, I'm I'm always available. I've always set something else up again, or... Yeah, I know. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's always yeah, nice definitely. to get some, you know some of these guests back later on, like do like a follow up, like you know, like especially since you're talking about the um, the Terminator build, it's like you know we can always bring you back once that's all done. You can give a little more insight how it turned out, all this, that, and the other. Yeah, I got that. The I beam truck, shocks, all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, no, that's awesome. Because um, yeah, it's funny because I was going to say I know there's a couple people that make 3D printed bypass shock looking covers but uh, but this will be nice to see the first like actual functioning shock yeah i might like to get even just one of the covers from somebody like for our rift that we have i would really like a set of bypasses on the rear of that but well and the, the neat thing about this is if you don't even want them functional you can at least the housing itself can still hold fluid so you can make them act as like a piggyback shock um Oh, nice. Because I do plan on, you know, once they're functional, I probably wouldn't make a ton of functional, but I would release, I would sell, you know, shock bodies and all that for people. Um, just because there is no market for them, I'm the first one kind of, like, doing it. But uh, Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. No, that'd be cool. My what, I was wanting to do something like that just for just aesthetics basically like my thought was like with the rift for example i'm running dual shocks in the rear of that and i was thinking like okay i'll just do like a 3d printed tube that has the bypass tubes and stuff on the outside of it and it'll just like thread on over the top of the threaded shock body you know but ha actually having like an actual body might be way cooler yeah, I'll, uh, I'll post some photos in this in the group that we're in right now. That way you guys can kind of see some inside photos of, like, what they are. Because I only posted that one. Yeah, that'll be rad. Uh, photo. But, uh, yeah, and the way I designed it, too, I mean, the hardest part is I'm sure there's probably not a lot of valving that I can get out of it just because the size of it the compression and rebound tubes and it's also like do i do a staggered you know uh bypass stock uh, style or do i do you know a crossover or the the compression and rebound tubes cross over each other i mean there's so many things that you can get into i'm just right now just trying to get to a functional state and then i'll, I'll move from there but uh, that's gonna it's be all, yeah, all new territory that's rad though i mean somebody's it, it's good that somebody's doing it. I mean, it's it's very very cool. I don't know how many of our listeners understand what we're talking about right now, but it's what you're doing could be very groundbreaking. So that it's going to be neat to follow along. Yeah, it will. Uh, it'll be neat to actually have them done. And even if like, I also have um, I drew up stuff for just an internally bypass shock where everything was withheld inside the standard shock housing. So let's say even if the bypass tubes didn't work out, I could still leave them there, but it will still technically be a internally bypassed RC shock. So there's so many different ways. It just depends on if I can get what I want out of it. Right. 
Uh, it's going to be exciting to see what happens there. That's cool. Well, do you guys have anything else, or we're at about an hour and fifteen right now? Um, that's why I was going to say I th- I think instead of uh, kind of getting a little awkward, calling it a uh, an episode. Sounds good. Well, hey Wes, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Um, you're doing some big things. It's going to be really cool following you on your adventure with all of this because it's uh trophy trucks are rad rc trophy trucks are rad and it's neat to kind of see like a revival of those again so thank you for being the dude to uh pick it up and lend a lot of like one-to-one knowledge to the actual builds because everybody loves you know shrunken down versions of the real thing so yeah, and that's what I try to uh, what I try to bring to it. And of course, if anyone has any questions, you know, they can always hit me up on my Instagram. It might save me a little bit to respond, but I'm always down to answer anyone's questions, dumb or smart. Um, some things I, I can't release, but I will try my best to give anyone a reasonable answer. I'm not like one of those like, oh, I build cool trucks, don't talk to me. <laughs> right, right. No, I understand. Because that frustrated cool. me when I was, like, starting out. There's many big RC people who I wish I tried asking questions for, and they'd never answer, and I try not to be like that. Yeah. No, that's good. Keep it fun. Help everybody. I think everybody pretty much understands, too, that, you know, like, if you're a business owner and you're coming out with products and stuff like that, you can't always divulge everything, you know, so... I'm I'm sure people will be kind of understanding and respectful of that fact when they're asking you stuff. Yeah, I try to give a decent bit, but I can't give out too much stuff. And you know, even like, we'll have to meet up sometime since I know like I think Jay's pretty close. I mean, I think most of you guys are pretty local to me as well. But uh, I'm Seattle, actually. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm way the hell out of the way. So from you came all the way down to Axial Fest from Seattle. We did, yeah. Because I remember, I yeah, think you were it's there. It's been a couple of years, but I was there 16 and 17. Those are the only two times I've made it. So that's, I, I've never seen you because I was like, hey, are we going to like you know hook up on the show or something? And that's a, that was the debut day of the Terminator chassis. That was me. Well, that was you? Uh, yes. Because uh, I said, no, no, no. don't worry, we're going to, we're, well, I said, once this is all over and we get back to everything, I said, we'll be in touch about getting on the show. Yeah, that was me. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because I was so crowded seat. and busy. There was a ton of people. I was like, oh, I, I know you. You're from, because Andre's like, oh, you got to meet up with him. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go introduce myself. So, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I know this, this year was also kind of crazy too. Like I did so much running around, like there was so much, like, like I said, Thomas from MKS was out. So I was with him on Friday and then, um, Saturday was trying to like make sure that, you know, anything else we were doing was all, you know, taken care of. And it was, yeah, it was a lot of running around, especially since I was only there for two days. Yeah. And like, I didn't have it. Like the, the other issue, which I'm starting to try to push is like, Everyone knows the trucks, but they don't know the guy behind the trucks. And I didn't have a shirt, so they'd always see, like, the truck. But, like, it'd half the time be someone like, oh, I know him. He's always been wanting to, like, meet up and stuff. But I didn't have a shirt, so they had no clue who I was. I was just some other RC dude. <laughs> so Yeah, I can see that. And you know what's really funny is I've always, fu- I've always found it very interesting, especially with the way social media has been going on, that people seem to know the people's 
handle before they actually know who the people are. And it's funny because like you'll be like, because I remember when when I first started doing all the um, the Dean Design stuff, they would be like, "Oh, that's Dean," and it's like it's like they don't realize that yeah, it's my last name, so it's like I don't really get too like you know like hot and bothered by it. But it's just funny because it's like they start associating that's that, or like when you're describing somebody, "Oh, have you seen so and so? He builds this," and they're like, "Oh, you mean." whatever like you know creepy crawler and you're like oh yeah him and you're like but you don't know who his name actually is it's it's funny it's funny you mention that because i've had a couple people that have messaged me on instagram asking for like order status and stuff and i'm just like could i have like your real name or like an order yeah. number or something <laughs> because like rc sick crawler 69 really doesn't tell me a whole lot guys <laughs> so yeah i feel that <laughs> It happens. So yeah, no. It'll, well, it'll be yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Well, thanks again for joining us. Um, it was an awesome time, and thank you everybody for tuning in and listening to us. And uh, we'll get Wes back on here for round two, and uh, especially with all the stuff that he's working on and everything, so he can kind of give us an update on where things are heading and some of the stuff he's working on releasing. So that'll be awesome to have you back. So. Thanks again, everybody, and uh, be uh, have fun at, by the fire if you're going this this weekend, and be safe traveling and all that good stuff. So we'll catch you all next week. See ya.